Some people like to deep clean every Saturday morning. I prefer to spend a few minutes every day keeping things fresh with Lysol. Lysol's toilet bowl cleaner disinfects both the toilet brush and bowl for two-in-one disinfection, killing 99.9% of viruses and bacteria. <sighs> Don't just clean, Lysol clean. Meet the next generation of podcast stars with SiriusXM's Listen Next program, presented by State Farm. As part of their mission to help voices be heard, State Farm teamed up with SiriusXM to uplift diverse and emerging creators. Tune in to Stars and Stars with Isa as host Isa Nakazawa dives into birth charts of her celeb guests. This is just the start of a new wave of podcasting. Visit statefarm.com to find out how we can help prepare for your future. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Hey, by the bookers, we have a book launch party on March 20th at 7 p.m. that you're not going to want to miss. It's for our new book, which is called How to Be Fine, and it is taking place at the legendary Strand Bookstore in New York City. For tickets, go to thestrand.com or just take a look at our show description for this episode. The following podcast contains barnyard language and some adult content. So, maybe listen on headphones if you're at work or around small children. Now, here's the show. Hey, Jolenta. Yes, Kristen. More than once during the course of this show, you've referred to yourself as an angry person. What? Why would you say that? <laughs> I mean, yes, that's correct. <laughs> and would you say you expressed your anger in a productive way? Mm, well, let's say I don't, like, keep it bottled up all the time, if that's what you mean. <laughs> you know, just ask my therapist. Well, I'm, I'm not actually talking about just bottled versus unbottled. Mm. I'm talking about... Do you feel that you actually process your anger in a way that's healthy for you and for those around you? Maybe. <laughs> well, why don't we try to find out? Because I'm Kristen Meinzer. And I'm Jalenta Greenberg. And this is By the Book. Your life is going down the drain. You're in so much pain. You need some help. Ooh, self-help. By the book, 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 by the book. In each episode of By the Book, we choose a different self-help book to live by, follow it to the letter, and weigh in on whether or not it actually changed our lives. And reminder, for our sixth season which is this season, we are doing it all through the lens of history. In each episode, we are focusing on a different decade and a self-help bestseller that defined that decade, reading and living by an original rather than updated version of the book. That means in this episode and all other episodes this season, there may be some language that sounds a bit dated. This season began with the 1930s, and today we're hitting up the 1980s with the Dance of Anger, A Woman's Guide to Changing the Patterns of Intimate Relationships by Harriet Golder Lerner. Harriet Golder Lerner is a psychologist and author known for her focus on feminism and the family within the therapeutic field. Born in 1944, Lerner was raised in Brooklyn, New York. She earned her undergraduate degree at the University of Wisconsin, her master's in educational psychology at Columbia University, and her Ph.D. in clinical psychology from the City University of New York. Lerner eventually settled in Kansas, where she worked, taught, and supervised at the Menninger Clinic in Topeka for two decades. In 2001, Lerner and her husband, who's also a psychologist, opened up a private practice together. Throughout her career, Lerner wrote many books, the majority of which are psychological texts focusing on women and the family. 
1985, her first and most famous book was published. It was The Dance of Anger, A Woman's Guide to Changing the Patterns of Intimate Relationships. In The Dance of Anger, Lerner posits that anger, like all other emotions, is neither legitimate or illegitimate. It's something we feel. It exists for a reason, and it deserves our respect and attention. And yet, women in particular learn to fear our own anger because it so often brings about the disapproval of others. In turn, when anger strikes, we're likely to ask ourselves, what's the use of getting angry? Alternatively, we might bottle up our anger until we let it out in hostile, unproductive ways. But Lerner says these approaches to anger only serve to separate us from our true selves and our desires. Instead, she encourages us to acknowledge and learn from our anger. And with that new knowledge, she believes we can express our needs more constructively while improving our relationships with our spouses, parents, siblings, co-workers, friends, and children. Since being published, The Dance of Anger has sold over 3 million copies, been recommended by generations of counselors, and been named the Bible on women's relationships by Forbes. Here's how you do it. Step one, tune into the true sources of your anger and clarify where you stand. Rather than falling into the trap of using your anger toward an endless cycle of fighting and blaming, use your anger first and foremost to clarify your own thoughts, feelings, priorities, and choices. Ask yourself, what about the situation makes me angry? What is the real issue here? What do I think and feel? What do I want to accomplish? Who is responsible for what? What specifically do I want to change? And what are the things I will and will not do? Step two, communicate your needs in a calm, productive manner. More often than not, blowing up and fighting offers temporary relief, but no change of circumstances. So instead of venting your anger spontaneously without thought or deliberation or gossiping to a third party, state your needs in a calm, non-blaming manner, focusing on what you feel and want without criticizing the other person. For example, say, I feel like I'm not being heard, rather than, you don't know how to listen. Doing so will increase your chances of being heard. Step three, observe and interrupt nonproductive patterns of interaction. When emotions are high, ask yourself, is there a way I can respond to the interaction in a new and different way, perhaps by seeking advice, apologizing, or revealing an insecurity? Keep in mind, we cannot make another person change his or her steps to an old dance. But if we change our own steps, the dance can no longer continue in the same predictable pattern. Step four, anticipate and deal with counter moves from others. When we change our old patterns of silence or sarcasm or fighting or blaming, we inevitably meet resistance from others and from ourselves. This resistance is rooted in anxiety and guilt and may present itself in the form of defensiveness or attempts to disqualify what we're saying. Deal with these counter moves by continually defining what you want, not what you want to change in the other person, while still expressing love. Step five, acknowledge how you de-self and work on becoming your own person. De-selfing is at the heart of our most serious anger problems. It occurs when one person, usually the woman, does more giving in and going along with than their share. To move past de-selfing, re-examine yourself with a view toward discovering what you think, feel, want, and need to do differently in your life. The more you carve out a clear and separate I, the more you can experience and enjoy both intimacy and aloneness. That's what the book says, and so that's what we did for two weeks straight. So, Jolenta, tell us about your first week of living by the dance of anger. Well, 
I can tell you, I think this book came at a very good time for me because I read it on a flight to California to hang out with family for the holidays. Ooh. And family in this case means predominantly myself, my husband Brad, my mom, and then all of Brad's family. Oh, your mom and your Just in-laws? Just my mom and all the in-laws. Oh, even with the best of family, that sounds tense. Yeah, and like my in-laws are truly great, but holidays get tense. You know, I feel like I'm on Brad's turf and surrounded by Brad's people and anxiety gets high and bickering mm-hmm. between Brad and I ensues. So I, w- I was bracing myself for a lot of dancing with anger. <laughs> and the trip went pretty well at first. But one morning, Brad went out to get breakfast tacos, and he assumed I would not want salsa with those, and that led to a big fight. A fight about salsa? Yes, duh. Don't you find about salsa every morning? <laughs> I, I made a slight joke to express my disappointment at our lack of salsa, and Brad told me to stop laughing at him. Ooh, and I oh. said I wasn't laughing at him, and I asked why I couldn't express disappointment without having to coddle him or prove that I have a right to be disappointed. And then all hell broke loose for about an hour. Oh, my God. I wish I had recorded it. Okay. But sadly, well, by the time I thought of it, I didn't think it would be a good idea to be like, also, I'm recording this. Yeah. Ugh, that sounds horrible. So what did you do after that? Well, after we calmed down and I had a minute to myself, I figured I should do step one. So stuff like salsa doesn't pop up and cause hour-long fights to derail our trip. <laughs> and reminder, step one is tuning into the true source of your anger and clarifying where you stand. Exactly. So I looked over the questions that step one suggests mm-hmm. about, like, what am I really angry about? Who's at fault? Blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. And I went over my answers with Brad. Uh, and please note, Frank does interrupt this recording because he was on the trip with us because we cannot go anywhere without him. I felt overlooked and not important, especially because, like, it's the holidays and we're in your hometown and you're so excited to get out the door, like, you don't really care what I want to eat. Or, like, that's, you know, how I interpret it. Um, And then I also worry, like, I don't measure up to, like, your expectations about, like, a woman I marry wouldn't have salsa at breakfast. Like, I I imagine that, too. Yes. Frank, not right now. So that's, like, what I was feeling and, like, what was making me angry. Mm -hmm. And, like... So you thought I was comparing you? No, not really. These are just all things that go through my mind when I'm like, why doesn't he care? Like, am I not measuring up to his expectations? Am I, like, are my needs stupid? Are my needs not important? Like, when we're in Orange County? Mm -hmm. You know, that kind of stuff. But what I thought was interesting is um, they asked, like, who's responsible for what? And it's like, we both under-communicated and asked nothing of each other. And, like, I'm trying to, like, work on believing, like, it's not because you think your means are more important than mine. And, like, it's just a mistake. Mm -hmm. Ooh, so many insights. Yeah. Yeah, I was trying to just sort of unpack it. And I was surprised that pausing to ask myself a few questions about my salsa rage led to some some actual, you know, self-discovery, thoughts about my insecurities, thoughts about the fact that it was just an honest miscommunication. There was no malice. I may have been projecting that. Also, can I just mention that we're doing The Dance of Anger as our book and you're having salsa rage? 
Oh my gosh, I didn't even think about all the salsa <gasps> dance jokes. Oh, oh my God. No. But I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I'm you. just going to continue this conversation and ask what you did after that. After that, step three basically popped up out of nowhere. And reminder, step three is observing and interrupting non-productive patterns of interaction. Exactly. So while I was chilling in our basement room at Brad's aunt and uncle's house, I was watching a little program on my computer called The Real Housewives of Atlanta. Oh, I've never heard of it. Do you oh, watch that show? Have you not? Well, yes. I'm a, I'm a regular observer. Uh, and speaking of observing, I observed something on the show that I actually super identified with. Take a listen. I certainly feel like I've yeah. become more passive when it comes to my behavior in the relationship because I just don't like to fight. This is, so I would rather this is out of the book. avoid a situation uh, to get caught avoid. in an argument. She's a nice lady. And it's fast. Why, why, wait until you drive it a little bit. Like, it drives God, like a sports God, this shit's so relatable. So I think the book, Joanta, mm. actually wanted you to observe your own relationship patterns, not the real housewives of Atlanta. But, I mean, I, I love you. I'll give you a pass on this one. Thank you. Thank you. And it, I know it sounds silly, but... I relate. I relate to the wife we heard. Yes. Where she talks about how she tries not to fight and avoid things because, like, it's all not worth a fight. But similarly to her, she also tends to pop off a lot, like I mm-hmm. do, where she thinks she's avoiding fights, but then she explodes in, like, huge bouts of anger. Yes. Yes. And so I can relate. I have a lot of rage, and a lot of it comes from, like, not expressing my needs nor asking for them to be met and then flipping out when I feel like I've been sucked dry by meeting other people's mm. needs. Yeah, I mean, Harriet Golderlerner pretty much says that's what most women are like, and that's yeah. why we all have so much anger, right? And what I love about the Real Housewives confessional, you know, and that whole conceit about, like, we're hearing their intimate thoughts is, you know, really— what's at stake is vulnerability, mm. right? You know, she is avoiding fights because she doesn't want to push her husband away. Yes. I do a, a similar thing. And, you know, it comes from a deep fear of rejection, and I relate. So even though I didn't observe myself, I feel like I did. Yeah. Sometimes we need to look at something else to look at ourselves, I think. Yes. I really believe that. Thank you. So after I observed the housewives and related hard, I— was like, maybe I should work on the de-selfing part. Yes, that's good old step five, yes. Yeah, I was like, maybe I'll work on becoming my own person because that's what I want Kenya to do on The Real Housewives. (laughs) So how did you do that? So I, full disclosure, have been working on this a lot in therapy already, you know, because also, like, when you realize your dad might have been losing his mind or, like, was super hard on you, maybe, like, more and more irrationally as you grew up, you realize, like, you might be pretty guarded and have trouble trusting people. So during week one, I tried to really remember a lot of the things I've been focusing on in therapy and remembering, like, the things I worry about when I'm disagreeing with Brad over salsa, for example, are more— About my fear of trusting men and assuming all their intentions are selfish and shitty, kind of like how my dads were. So I did a lot of asking myself what I wanted instead of worrying about going along with the flow or letting Brad down over his special holiday season. Good. So how did that go? Did you have uh, some moments of reckoning, more fights over salsa? Uh, No, no more salsa fights. I think it went okay, though. Here's an example. One afternoon, 
we were getting ready to head to a big family dinner. I'm in the middle of, you know, getting dressed, putting on my face. And Brad asks for some help with some last-minute online shopping. Normally, I would drop everything, help him, and then be late for the dinner because I didn't finish doing my makeup and then yell at him because he made me late. And then he would yell back because he didn't know I was in a time crunch. So you said normally, and Mm -hmm. that sounds like you're hinting that you did something different this time. I tried a different tactic. Will you help me look at some clothes? Um, can we do it in like half an hour? Yeah. Maybe like save some tabs and stuff, and then when I'm done, um, we'll look at that. Okay. Great. Love you. This thing said it expired after add it again. Yeah, I mean, it's just a gimmick to make you keep, like, to buy it immediately. Don't worry. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. I know how to shop, baby. I got you covered. This is why I need you. I know. I'll be right there. Whoa, mm-hmm, that was actually mm-hmm. just asserting your own needs yeah. lovingly, as the book says. Yeah, I do a good job. But I, he, yes. he felt loved. And I you think. did it as a question, which is one of the suggestions the book says as far as changing the dance moves. Changed it. Rather than yell or blow up, change that mm-hmm. dance move by mm-hmm. asking a question or, you know, asserting a feeling or yeah. a desire instead. Yeah. And yeah. you could hear he had, he tried a little bit of a counter move right there, a little bit of a like, uh, it says they're going to expire in my cart if I don't buy it now. Mm-hmm. And I was like, it's okay. It can wait. I still love you, and I will still keep my word. Oh, that's so good. Good job. Good job, Jolenta. Thank you. Thank that you. sounds like a perfect way to end your first week. It was a good way to end. And now, Kristen, please, please, please tell me about your first week of living by the dance of anger, because I'm assuming there was zero dancing because you're the least angry person I know. <laughs> so how did you even live by this book? Did you have to, like, go find things to be mad about? Did you have to go pick a fight with a stranger? <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up because I actually agree with you. I don't think I'm an angry person mm-hmm. either. So instead of dealing with fighting at the beginning of week one, I really— So you didn't have a salsa blowout? (laughs) No. Great. So I decided to use my time instead to just really examine how I came to be how I am. And here I am talking with Dean about it. Honestly, I think I was trained to not be allowed to be angry because in my dad's house, the way I was raised was so messed up. And I know everyone says the way they were raised was messed up, but— if I was already being beaten, getting mad back would just get me beaten more. Yeah. You know? That totally makes sense. And you just, you know, you've often said that you make the choice every day to approach the day in a positive light instead of a negative light. And anger, I think, is pretty negative. Yeah. I don't think there's any positivity in anger. <laughs> well, that's what Nana always said. Nana was the one who always taught me, you make the decision to be happy every day. And I don't know, but maybe being happy, being angry is part of being happy so that you can process your feelings, right? Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I think a learner thinks that processing anger is part of being a happy person, right? Yes. And like, I mean, I know it doesn't feel good to be angry always, but I'd like to think sometimes anger is an indicator of something being wrong. Yes, that's what she said. Yeah. (laughs) So, okay, how do you go from not letting yourself feel like extremely justifiable anger to being the healthy non- angry, non-raging, non-popping-off woman I see before me? (laughs) Well, first, historically looking back, Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. I can say honestly, I just continued being 
all the unhealthy things I was taught to be as a kid. You know, I was taught to be a doormat. I was mm. taught to push down my anger, to put a smile on my face, to let people get away with murder. Uh, I'm not going to lie. You piqued my interest at murder, Kristen. So, <laughs> I know um, you love murder. Can you elaborate? What do you mean when you let people get away with murder? <laughs> well, rather than explain it, let me just play some audio of me and my friend Lila reminiscing about some specific incidents from my younger life. Okay, so... I once co-signed on a loan for a friend, and she defaulted oh, on yeah, it. Oh, yeah, to remember that one. <laughs> <laughs> but you didn't know. No, no, no. And then also remember there was that uh, person I stayed friends with for years and years and years after. after she slept with your boyfriends. Yes. Yeah. Um, I've loaned money multiple times to people who didn't pay me back. Yeah, that's a that's an easy one to do, though. Yeah, yeah. I used to do that a lot. Um, I don't think I've ever told you this, but the first time I ever lived with roommates, I had it all set up. I had these roommates set up. And then an old friend out of nowhere, she's like, I want to live with you too. And somehow I let her have my room and I had to share a room, but we all had to pay the same amount of rent. So she had like the biggest room in the apartment. And people must have loved you. Oh my God. So this friend in particular, she like eventually at one point found this book at a garage sale called When I Say No, I Feel Guilty. And she gave it to me and she said, I think you need this book because everyone takes advantage of you, including me. So she's totally aware of what she was yes! doing. Yes! <laughs> but she kept doing it. And yeah. she just gave you the book to, like, make it better. In short, I was a doormat. I, you, were, you were. Yes, I'm not a doormat now. You were now. a doormat. You are definitely not a doormat now. I just yelled no so many times <laughs> while listening to that recording. And that's just a very abbreviated list. I have to say, this conversation I had with Lila went for over 40 minutes while I just named things and she remembered things and this we went back insane. and forth like th- it doesn't even include all the bad things men have done to me like it's just like well there was that one guy who slept yeah, with my yeah. friend but no the I, list was I so yelled long. no at that one <laughs> um well and what's interesting to me is you are the person who would tell me not to do any of those oh of things. course no like, I would you are never not the person it. i go to for advice on how to not be you apparently <laughs> i am fascinated yeah. and infuriated yeah so i have to say listening back on all of that it makes me sad. It makes me angry. Yeah? <laughs> but fortunately, you know, I didn't stay in that place forever. Good, good. What did you do? What I did was what the dance of anger would call step five. Uh, your classic acknowledging how you do self and working on becoming your own person. Yes. So with lots of therapy, mm. and I will admit lots of Oprah, lots of growing up and lots America's of work. Therapist. Yes, that's yeah. right. I eventually began to acknowledge how fucked up it was that in order to keep the peace and feel lovable, I always put my needs last. Mm -hmm. And gradually, I began setting boundaries and telling people, frankly, when they hurt me. And I even began saying no until it just became second nature. So basically, in short, you don't need this book. Here's Kristen's <laughs> verdict. Well, if you already process everything, you don't need it. <laughs> well, I, uh, you know, that was a process of over two decades. So let's be clear here. Okay. <laughs> okay. So in that two decades, you could have used the book maybe. Yeah. I probably could have used it back then. And maybe I could have used it at the very end of week one because what Dean and I did actually have a fight at that yes. end of the first week. Yes. Well, then why are you mad? Because this is not what I wanted to do today. <laughs> well, I asked if you wanted to. We didn't have to yeah. run errands and today. I said, no, I don't want to walk all the way down there. I want to get some joint compound and repair the drywall where we took down those pictures. I asked you, do you want to go out for a cup of coffee and run errands? You didn't say, no, I want to do it. You just said, yeah, we can also run to the store and get joint compound. You didn't say, no. You said, we can also do this. I'm pretty oh. sure I said, no. 
Well, then you didn't have to come with. Back to service, now I'm doing all your errands. No, you walked four blocks with me and you don't have to walk anymore with me. You can go home now. Oh, shit. <laughs> I know, you're shocked. I know, it's so rare. Oh my gosh, that joint compound. Yeah, it only happens once or twice a year. And fortunately for this book, it actually happened. That's a real organic fight that we had right in time for this book. Yeah. I love it. I am a little confused because he says he said no, but he is out with you. So how did this happen? Yeah, it was super confusing. I mean, what it comes down to really is... He was playing a video game when I asked him. Mm. I don't know if he was paying attention to what I was asking him. He was super excited about this new video game, which Santa brought him. Oh. And I thought I was essentially asking him on a date. It's like, hey, let's walk around in the sun. Let's grab a coffee. Let's enjoy each other's company. Mm -hmm. Um, But obviously, that's not how things felt for either of us. We were both clearly really mad. Everyone was mad. He was mad. I was mad. Everyone was mad. What did you do? Well... Dean chose not to go home, and to his delight, the first errand took less than 10 minutes. Okay. And after that, his mood lightened up quite a bit. We knocked off the other two errands in 30 minutes, and as we walked home, Dean said he was actually glad I got him out of the house, and when we got home, there were still plenty of hours in the day for him to play his new video game, which he did, but of course, things didn't end there. I see. And I'm assuming they didn't end there because this is the end of your first week? Yes. Yes. Classic. (laughs) Classic. I love it. Well, I really hope there is more fight footage. Oh, God. Just wait. (laughs) All right. We need to take a quick break before we get to our second weeks. And before we do, have you lived by the dance of anger? Have you read it? Did it help you? Did it make you angry? Share your stories with us. You can go to facebook.com slash groups slash BTB pod. It is always blowing up over there. You can also call us at 302-49-BOOKS or write us at kristenandjolenta at gmail.com. space has the long-lasting, noticeable scent of Airwick Vibrant Essential Mist, you'll be inviting everyone over. From barbecues to girls' night, the kids can even host their friends. Whoa, it smells amazing! Airwick Vibrant Essential Mist is infused with two times more essential oil versus regular Airwick Essential Mist for our most authentic, nature-inspired fragrance experience. Airwick Vibrant Essential Mist is perfectly portable and effortlessly easy, the way fragrance should be. Now that's a breath of fresh Airwick. Meet the next generation of podcast stars with SiriusXM's Listen Next program, presented by State Farm. As part of their mission to help voices be heard, State Farm teamed up with SiriusXM to uplift diverse and emerging creators. Tune in to Stars and Stars with Isa as host Isa Nakazawa dives into birth charts of her celeb guests. This is just the start of a new wave of podcasting. Visit statefarm.com to find out how we can help prepare for your future. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Okay, Jolenta, we talked about your first week of living by the dance of anger. How did week two go? Well, I started week two with step two, because that sounded fun. (laughs) So that's communicating with calm and productivity. Right. So I got the chance to do this one afternoon 
during week two when I caught Brad eating a can of soup that I had been saving for myself because who doesn't save Oh, I totally save soup. Because, yeah, soup is important. I was like, I'll need this when we get back from the holidays. It'll be a great lunch. And uh, But Brad had picked up a cold on our flight home, and I knew he wasn't feeling well. And normally— if I if I caught him breaking into my soup stash, I'd either pretend I didn't notice he was taking my soup or I'd snap at him about not respecting my soup. Um, it just sort of would depend on what was happening to me that day, mm-hmm. like what kind of mood I was already in. But instead, I tried to communicate the way the book says. Are you eating my soup? Yeah. That is okay. Um, Thank you. When you go to the grocery store later, will you get another can for me? Of course. Thank you. That was my plan. I didn't know that. Thanks for telling me. Give me a kiss, please. Mmm, soupy. What? This is a weird book, whatever you're looking for. <laughs> it's weirding me out. What? I love you. Thank you. Thank you. Jeez, I love just you, just say you too. love me back and be happy. I love you, but it's... Okay. All this reassuring makes me think that there's something that I need reassuring about. No, it's okay. Just letting you know. Okay. I love you. Okay, even I'm suspicious of you in that. I can see why, why Brad is. I was so nice. <laughs> <laughs> what about me being nice and speaking my mind makes people be like, I don't know. Uh, it's it's not that you're not normally a nice person. It's just that it, <laughs> the method of expressing your niceness is slightly different here than usual. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Much less sarcasm. A little bit different. Yes, yes. It was almost more like the way you make fun of how you think I talk to Dean all the time. Yeah, yeah, no, I could, I could see how you'd be like, wait, are you making fun of me? Are you making fun of me and me? No, I'm not. That's just how people are nice, I guess, in my mind. And how did he feel about all of that in the end? Well, I was proud because I was like, I think I made a big impact. I think he was like, what? Where is my wife and this woman who like normally pops off over all of her favorite liquids. And in the end, did your um, new communication style work? Did he end up buying you more soup later on? So, a few days later, have a hankering for soup, wander into the kitchen, open the cupboard. What do I find? Nothing. No, no soup. soup. Normally, I would call Brad up and be very pissed about how he doesn't respect my needs. But instead, I was like, wait, wait, wait. Try step four. That's anticipate and deal with counter moves from others. Yes. So I called him up at work to inquire further about my soup sitch, and I decided I would be very kind and very clear, and I figured his counter move would be to be super defensive and and maybe a little blamey. Mm -hmm. Uh, But take a listen to what happened. Hey, do you have a second? Yeah, I do. Uh, Question for you. Did did you get a new can of soup for me? No, I'm so sorry. Oh, I, f- I didn't write it down. I'm I so feel sorry. disappointed. I'm really sorry. Oh, I feel bummed out. I know. You I should. S- you're still my husband, and I love you, but I really wanted soup. I know it's very soup day, and you're there by yourself. I'm sorry. It's okay. I guess uh, I'll just have to order some. Yeah. Order some. Can I order some for you? <laughs> you don't need to order some you for me. Something over to you. I can pick. I can get my own soup, sweetie. That's I very can sweet. A can of soup over. No, I don't need that. 
Sorry. No, it's all right. Uh, I let you get back to work. I just wanted to make sure I didn't like not see it. No, no, no. I just totally didn't write it down, and all I got was on my list. And it's yeah, all good. Not good. All right. I'm sorry. Love you. Bye. Love you. Bye. Beautiful. No fighting. And Not actually, actually, love there. The call ended with love. It was were, really sweet. There were apologies throughout. Normally, were, he's not kindness. a quick uh, "I'm sorry, whoopsie" kind of guy, but I feel like that came right away. It was like, "Oh no, whoops!" And then he offered to like seamless me some soup or like get a task rabbit to bring me a can as a joke. Like he doesn't normally do that shit. No. And what's amazing is you were anticipating counter moves from him, but instead of counter moves. He just responded really openly. Just really nicely. Yeah, to how clear you were with him and how kind you were with him. So no counter moves even came up, it sounds like. No, no. I feel like, if anything, I was sort of shook by his counter moves. Oh, or his lack of counter moves. I don't know. Yeah, it's not getting too meta. I don't know. Let's end this week. <laughs> but that is where my, my second week ended. In a non-fight about another liquid. Nice. Yay. Nice. How was your second week living by the dance of anger, though, Kristen? I want to know if there was more anger, more dancing, more fighting, more soup. (laughs) Tell me all about it. So, reminder, at the end of week one, Dean and I had a little spat. Oh, the biggest spat I've ever heard between the two of you. (laughs) Yeah, he was mad that I supposedly dragged him out of the house to run errands. I didn't think I dragged him at all, but that he came willingly. We eventually managed to have a really fun afternoon. Right. But I was still wondering what was at the heart of my anger during it all. Because I really was mad during yeah, that you were altercation. Yeah, I was. So I embarked on step one. And that's tuning into the sources of your anger and maybe clarifying where you stand. Yes. And this is what I realized I was mad about. So the question here is, what about this situation makes me angry? Um... I guess I'm angry that Dean didn't just come right out and tell me that if he didn't want to do something, you know, why didn't he just come right out and say, I don't want to do it? And what is the real issue here? Um, I think what it comes down to is I don't want Dean to be like I used to be when I was younger. I don't want him being a doormat or harboring anger toward me that he's not talking about. I don't want him... I don't want him to feel taken advantage of. I like that. Your anger comes from a place of love. (laughs) I hope so. (laughs) I like it. It's a compassionate reason to be angry. And I think it happens to a lot of people. You see yourself in something someone's doing and you want to like be like, stop doing that. But, yeah. But I learned from this book, you can't control other people. No, you can't. I cannot. also learned from life, I think. <laughs> I don't know. I'm getting there. Um, so what did you do after that? So after that, I did step two. And that is communicate your needs in a calm and productive manner. Yes. I sat down with Dean and I told him how I felt. The thing is, though, when I was younger, I spent a lot of my life going along with things I didn't want to do. I didn't say no when I should have, and I felt a lot of resentment. And I just want to make sure that you feel comfortable saying no to me because I got the impression yesterday that our errands were a case of you going along with something you didn't want to do. And but I just I went along with it, and yeah, I didn't like it at first. It wasn't what I had planned on doing for the day, but we ended up having fun. Why are we talking about this again? I feel like we... Already went over this. Because I want you to know I don't always expect you to say yes to me, and I'll love you even if you say no. Well, I know that, hon, but I say yes to everyone. That's what I do. I I know you do, honey, but I just want to say again, I'll love you even if you say no to me. 
That is very, very sweet. I don't even know how to make fun of it. I'm trying to (laughs) rack my brain. But that's just nice. Well, what I was really trying to do there, actually, I think, was just tell him the words that I wish somebody would have said to me when I was growing up. I wish anybody would have said to me, I'll love you even if you say no. No, and that's a very fucking important thing to learn that I think a lot of us don't realize like we live in fear of. Yes, Um, yes. How did Dean take it, do you think? Well, as you can hear in the tape, yeah. he was first and foremost just mad at me for bringing up the prior day's argument again. I like that. I like him being like, well, we're done with this. He's like, why, why did you do this? Why are we fighting about this again? He felt we were fighting again a second time about it. And then I'm like, Ugh, well, I don't really know what to do now. So I guess I'll just try some step three. And that's observe and interrupt nonproductive patterns of interaction. Yeah. And for this, I just I asked Dean, are there ways I can respond to anger in new and different ways going forward? And honestly, this just kind of frustrated him even more because he was so freaking tired of talking about anger at this point. He was so tired of talking about fighting. And he reiterated his philosophy to me, which is very much like my late Nana's, that most things are not worth getting angry over. And all you're doing is talk about anger all the time now. And frankly, anger just doesn't matter most of the time. That's really his philosophy. And honestly, I kind of feel the same way. Most things in life are not worth getting angry over. So... That, that's what happened during step three. But I am confused because the book says that all anger is valid, right? Yeah. <laughs> so what do you do when your partner is like, no, no more anger. No more talk about this anger. <laughs> well, I tried step four. And that is to anticipate and deal with counter moves from others. Oh, my God. Is Dean counter moving? Is he like, we don't normally do this. So, like, can we just not? Well, anger is bad categorically. Yeah. I mean. I mean, honestly, I didn't know what to do here because, yeah, I mean, I think what he was doing was possibly counter moves, but maybe it was just him being Dean. Yeah, and it's hard to tell. Like, are you beating a dead horse because we're living by this book? Or, like, is this good for you to discuss? I don't know. Well, I asked him, and frankly, things went even more downhill from there. Oh, I can't wait. I'm very confused. Like, we keep bringing it up. I'm trying to do the step four. stupid fucking book. I'm trying to do the step four in the book, and I don't know what to do with the step four. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to put that book on the ground. I'm going to dance around on the fucking thing. (laughs) The only thing that this has done is made our fights worse. They've stretched out longer. We've rehashed a bunch of things. I just feel like it's antithesis to how we normally deal with any kind of, you know, situation that might, we might have a disagreement. It doesn't, and it assumes that people are going to hold all this resentment and anger bottled up inside, and that's not how I roll. That's not how you roll. I just don't think this book is for us. You think that if we had a pattern of regular fighting rather than a couple times a year, this book might be useful for us? Maybe. So as you can hear. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Dean, dancing on a book. Yeah. And by dancing, he means like stomping on the book. Oh, no, I mean, he means like dancing on the book's grave. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So as you can hear, Dean had had it with this book by the end of week two. And I mean, I don't even need to explain more about it. He just felt like this book is not for us. I kind of love it. Is that bad? I love it. I love this side of you guys, and I don't know why. (laughs) And maybe it's the masochist in me, but I'm like, yeah, this is good for them. But I feel like you guys have a good way of communicating, so it's probably not. I don't know. Oh, are you asking me to give a verdict? Yeah, wait. I guess I'm fully – like, I'm trying to give your verdict. So why don't we take a break? (laughs) Because it's not verdict time until after the break. Right, exactly. So we're going to take a break right now. Uh, Reminder, we would like to hear from you. Have you lived by this book? Do you get angry? 
Do you not get angry? Are you a dean? Share your story with us at kristenangelenta at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at 302-49-BOOKS. That's 302-49-6657. Here's to the paper pushers, the rush hour warriors, and the gotta get awayers. Trade the daily grind for a place to unwind, where you can rise with the tide and roll down the boardwalk, where you can eat french fries for lunch and ice cream for dinner, where your only commute is your walk to the beach, where every day feels like Saturday. Ocean City, Maryland, somewhere to smile about. Book your trip at oceocean.com. On this episode of Plant Killers, we'll explore one nation's most notorious fruit and vegetable killer, bad dirt. What makes bad dirt so bad? The answer, the ingredients. But fear not, true crime enthusiasts. This story has a happy ending. New miracle Grow organic raised bed and garden soil. It's made with quality organic ingredients from upcycled green waste like compost and aged bark. Unlike the other guys who can't say the same. Looks like bad dirt's murdering days are over. Thanks to miracle Grow. Join us next time on Plant Killers. Meet the next generation of podcast stars with Sirius XM's Listen Next program, presented by State Farm. As part of their mission to help voices be heard, State Farm teamed up with Sirius XM to uplift diverse and emerging creators. Tune in to Stars and Stars with Isa as host Isa Nakazawa dives into birth charts of her celeb guests. This is just the start of a new wave of podcasting. Visit statefarm.com to find out how we can help prepare for your future. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Okay, Jolenta, it's time to get down to business. Did the dance of anger actually work? Would we recommend it? Well, I'm far angrier, so I guess it worked. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, Kristen, I love this book. Yay! I feel like this book was written just for me, truly. I learned so fucking much from it. I saw myself on every page and truly enjoyed reading it. The way this book was written is a joy. Oh, I agree with We've you. We've discussed yes. this a bit off mic yes. because we couldn't help it. I've decided it is like the book version of like my favorite reality show recap podcast that somehow also gives me advice and helps me enjoy my marriage more because she lays out these like juicy marriage fight stories and then like picks them apart with you. But she's a doctor, not like a gossipy podcast host. <laughs> but it's the same kind of like juicy stories and relatable anger that I love in all of my entertainment. (laughs) So basically, I was entertained and I learned a shit ton about myself. And I truly think it helped me communicate with my spouse better. Like going through just my insecurities and how like scared I am of rejection when it comes down to like fucking salsa being forgotten to the fact that if I take, you know, three more seconds to think about my words a little more, I can get like a way nicer response and a way quicker apology when I want one. I'm saying when you communicate better, people are nicer. Yes. So I like truly fucking love this book. Like it may be one of the best books I've read in a while, just like story-wise. Well, when you were reading it, you said to me, it's the best book possibly we've ever lived by. No, on like this show. as of right now, it is like curated closet in this. Wow. 
because wow. I love my wardrobe right now, and this book blew my mind plus entertained the fuck out of me. <laughs> uh, how about you? How are you going to crush my joy this week? I'm, I'm not kidding. here to crush your joy, but I will say— But what? Dean clearly hated this book. He yeah, because he's more it. afraid of anger than you are. Yeah, well, no, because he actually felt it took a 15-minute moment of frustration on his part mm-hmm. and stretched it out for days. He's like, I'm not allowed to just be mad for 15 minutes mm-hmm. and then for yeah. us to laugh it off and then have a great day. And I think a big factor here is that Dean genuinely feels like most things aren't worth getting angry over, which is why mm-hmm. he only gets mad a couple times a year. And when he gets mad, it lasts for about 15 minutes. And, and it's the cutest. <laughs> and for the most part, I feel the same way, too. And right. I know that Harriet Lerner would disagree with us, but we really just believe most things are not worth getting angry over. And one reason we feel that way is because we have, over the course of our adult lives, made a deliberate effort to only surround ourselves with people who wouldn't try to hurt us. Right, right. And, you have a, like, strong circle of trust. Yes, and I didn't in the past, Yeah, obviously. You yeah. heard some of the horrible yeah, people. Yeah, that friend I... who bought you a book on saying no because she's like, I use you. Here. <laughs> like, I don't know if I would have an easy time letting that person in my circle of trust. Yeah, and so at this point in our lives, I, I just I feel very fortunate that all the people I surround myself with If they hurt me, I know it's not on purpose. Right. I know that. And I trust that they feel the same way about me. I think anybody— That must be really nice. Anybody who knows me knows that I wouldn't hurt them on purpose. No, that's fucking true. That is, like, one thing I can say for sure about you. Yeah. I can say many things I mean, I'll fuck up sometimes and I'll make mistakes, but I will never hurt somebody on purpose. You always say you're sorry. Yeah, you are not— you're very sincere, very kind at your core. And And so is Dean. Yeah. But all that being said— I think this is a fantastic book. Good, good. Because I was going to say, even though Dean's revelation was, I was just having a shitty tantrum and I'm over it. And like, whoops. I watched you learn a little still. I think, you know, you did figure out like, oh, what was bothering me is like, I see parts of myself that I have changed in Dean and I worry. Yes. It gives me anxiety because you're like, I hope I am not inflicting anything on him that has been inflicted on me. Yes. And maybe that anxiety has gone down a little because you know... For the most part, he'll just have a little tanty or, like, he means what he says. Yeah. And so the book is fantastic. Like you said, it's super enjoyable to read. It's so well written. It's written with, like, one story after another. Sample so scripts of, like, you know, when this person says this, it's common that that person will say that. And it's oh like, my God. Yes! And I was like, yes, that is what they say. That is exactly what my mom, dad, cousin, spouse, co-worker. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And so it's really a joy to read. And I think this book probably would have been very useful for me from the ages of roughly, I don't know, six years old to 28. Oh, like, I'm going to just keep it in my purse maybe for a little bit. Yeah. Oh, one final note. The original cover font and color choices are to die for on this book as oh, well. Yeah. We'll post it on They're social. very Stranger Things, it's if you know so, what I mean. so, so 80s. Like, <laughs> classic 85 beautiful typeface. <laughs> And that's it for this episode of Buy the Book. Huge thanks to our fabulous production team at Stitcher, our producer Nora Ritchie, and our engineer Andy Christens. Thanks also to Nate Wyda, who composed our theme song, Jared Arnold, who produced this season's new version of the theme song, and our very own Nora Ritchie for singing it. Chris Bannon is our chief content officer, and Daisy Rosario is our executive producer. Stay in touch with us. Let us know if you've read The Dance of Anger. Did it work for you? Did it not? Are you still angry? Have you danced it all out? Send us 
questions, thoughts, stories, anything, our email address is kristenandjalentagmail.com. You can tweet at us at G at kristenmeinzer, or at bythebookpod. Or you can leave us a voicemail, 302-49-BOOKS. Kristen, what's the real number? That's 302-492-6657. Also, please rate us and review us in Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. It helps other people to find the show. And if you haven't already, tell a friend about the show. Tell an angry friend about the show. Tell a doormat friend about the show. Yell about the show when you're having a fight. Yes, go to the soup aisle of your store or the salsa aisle and then yell about how angry you are and how much you need to listen to buy the book. Until next time, I'm Jalanta Greenberg. And I'm Kristen Meinzer. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye. These goobers. And then neither of us married our, quote, type. No, it's true. Well, because our types were douches. <laughs> Stitcher. Do you want to set your child up for success? Is tutoring out of your budget, or perhaps you're someone like me who just wants to save money on private tutoring? Is this a big school year for your child? You know, maybe they're starting kindergarten or middle school. Maybe there's another milestone coming up. Or maybe your family moved. Oh my gosh, I moved so much when I was growing up. And the kids are starting a new school. Or maybe your child is ahead and just not getting challenged enough in class. Well, IXL Learning is here to help. IXL Learning is a fun online learning program for kids covering math, language, arts, science, and social studies. It's powered by advanced algorithms. IXL gives the right help to each kid, no matter the age or the personality. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. That's right. It is school approved. So make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And how to be fine listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at ixl.com/fine. Visit ixl.com/fine to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Again, that's ixl.com/fine.